hello and a big warm welcome to you and welcome to the Aware Parenting Podcast. My name is Marion Rose, PhD, and I am so glad to be having Carly Facius back on with me. Carly, you came on just a few episodes ago. Welcome back. Thanks, Marion. Very happy to be back. I am so glad that you are. I so enjoyed our last conversation. And this is really coming to the end now of this series that I've been doing on the effects of birth. And I thought it would be so wonderful to talk more about really the 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 amazing things that can happen how birth can go how incredibly in your words positive empowering beautiful birth can be and to really look at them how that can affect families how that can affect those early parenting days and so I'm so delighted that you're coming here to really share a lot about that We do want to say beforehand for anyone who's listening who has had a traumatic birth and who may be still really in the effects of that in particular to really listen into yourself before you listen to this. Is this something that you're ready to listen to? Um, If you do feel ready and you're listening and actually you feel called to pause anytime, or you may find that painful feelings bubble up for you in relation to the experience that you did have and how it may have been quite different to what we're talking about today I really invite you and we invite you to get support get get empathy if you have a listening partner reach out if you don't already have an aware parenting instructor it's so important to really have our feelings acknowledged and heard and really get to heal from those experiences so we really invite that but also I think we were talking beforehand, Carly, to say we're going to be talking about this in terms of what's possible, even if you have had a a challenging or traumatic birthing experience, that actually understanding how birth can be uh, and how is for many women an incredibly empowering and gorgeous, amazing experience can be so important in terms of the ways that you're talking about birth with your own children. You know, really conditioning happens very early on and we'll be talking about that. So you know, it really is possible to, to start things off at an early age to really change the, the way birth is seen. So even if your experience wasn't how you'd like it to be, listening to this might be part of supporting your children to have a different experience or as a partner of a birthing woman, maybe in 20, 30, 40 years, whatever it is. So before we go on, Carly, I'd love to also share more about who you are and what you do. So you're a registered midwife. You're an, also an international board certified lactation consultant. You hold a master of primary maternity care, and you're also an aware parenting instructor. So you have such a gorgeous, huge wealth of experience and wisdom. And I, I love how you weave those together. So thank you again for being here. One of the things you said while we were talking beforehand, you said, most of the births that you've been to have been positive and empowering and beautiful. So do you want to start off there and share a little bit more about that? Yeah, I'd love to. I also wanted to echo what Marion said, just sending lots of love to people whose births didn't unfold the way that they were wanting them to. It can be such a huge experience to integrate and make sense of and It can be especially challenging when you are trying to do that whilst caring for a new baby. So I just wanted to send love to those people who haven't had a positive or beautiful or empowering birth experience. Something that I often talk about with people is how it's very difficult to 
describe a birth experience in a number of words because birth is often everything all in one and so sometimes we can focus on certain aspects of the birth experience that were very difficult or very challenging and then forget about those moments of beauty and presence or where you did feel really supported and I think sometimes it can get difficult to think about to describe how your birth experience was when somebody says how was your birth it's kind of like how long have you got (laughs) it's there's a lot there's a lot to to integrate there's a lot to move through there's a lot to make sense of there's a lot to talk about and so most of the births that I have been attending have been beautiful as described by the birthing parents and I've been very fortunate to have started my midwifery from a very strong foundation of birth being a normal physiological event and that started way back when I was a child because my mother is a midwife and she was a midwife in a very small town in southwest WA and she was the only midwife in that town and she worked alongside a GP who supported her at a very small country hospital. And so I have these distinct memories of waking up in the morning and my mum coming home from a birth with all sorts of smells (laughs) and all sorts of colours on her clothing, but just this absolute elation and radiance and all this these beautiful words to share about how the experience was and so that was something so lovely for me to see birth as such a beautiful thing from a very young age my older brother was born at home I was born in that very small country hospital and was apparently was the first baby that had been born there in many, many years before my mum started working there as the local midwife. And so when I decided to become a midwife <laughs> many years later, that was that was my foundation for my midwifery. And very early on, I did my first placement in the hospital and felt like that wasn't that wasn't what I thought birth was and I spent the next few weeks calling every home birth midwife in Melbourne to see if they would take on a student midwife and I fortunately found somebody who was very willing for me to work alongside her which I did for the next couple of years while I did my midwifery training. I, I just love hearing all of that story that you share and it, even the part where you're sharing, oh, she came home and you could smell different smells and all different colours. And, and you know, really, this is one of my passions and I know it's one of yours too, is really understanding that, that cultural perspective that, of course, in a healthy Indigenous culture, we would be seeing that all the time. You know, we would mm-hmm. be seeing the, the, the birthing process from a young age. The whole thing would be so much more familiar. It would be just a natural part of life, which is so different from what we experience in the disconnected domination culture. And that in itself, kind of that familiarity of just say, oh, of course, this is a, just a normal everyday thing as well as the most you know, incredible thing too. Mm. That is, is important as well, isn't it? And I think it has a, a powerful effect on us that most of us don't experience that. 
Absolutely. That's something that I always talk about and think about is how like birth can be the one of the most transformative events in our lives. But at the same time, it's just so beautifully ordinary, you know, something that happens many, many times per day has happened for, you know, a very long time. And in many cultures, it is just an ordinary everyday event. And I think in many parts of the world, there is no concern about siblings attending births and how they will feel or how they'll cope or how they manage. Of course, the siblings are at birth because birth is a, can be a family event in many parts of the world. And where I live in Bali, it's very much a family event and not only siblings, there's aunties and uncles and grandmothers and grandfathers and sometimes I would use I would used to be having to step over, you know, fifteen people to get <laughs> towards the woman. So very, very different. And obviously, different people have different needs when it comes to birth. But it's very interesting with a lot of the anthropological research around people wanting to be undisturbed and unobserved and in this quiet space. But in my observations here in Indonesia it's it's a cultural norm to have lots of people around and for it to be loud and people chatting and there to be lights on and things like that and I was always surprised at how women could birth with fluorescent lights and people chatting and kids crying and (laughs) so I always found that very interesting I wonder if it's similar, you know, I love in the Where Baby, Alisa talks about how adaptable human beings are based on the culture and the climate that they're born into. And I wonder mm. if that's part of it is like, really, if we are born into a culture where that is the thing and that that becomes just the norm for us. And whereas if we were born into a culture, maybe even a, a colder climate, that might be part of the, the, the factors we might go off into kind of cave with. Mm. or fur on and something like that I, I don't know but just to, to that that is a possibility as well that we are very adaptable including adaptable to this culture where birth is really not seen as a normal physiological event and of course then we get conditioned in all those ways right from very early on in all the tv shows that we watch and the books we read and the conversations that we overhear it's you know so it's powerful isn't it that cultural effect absolutely I still remember when I was doing night shift at the clinic and all of the midwives would be like, come and sleep with us, come and sleep with us in this bed with five midwives and all the fluorescent lights on. And I said, no, no, I'll go and sleep on the couch where I can turn the light off and be by myself. They were like, how can you sleep? (laughs) How can you sleep by yourself? How can you sleep in the dark? (laughs) So fascinating, isn't it? Yeah. So fascinating. (laughs) Would you? I know you're going to share more about your experience as a midwife, but I wonder as well whether you're willing to share something about your own experience given birth, given that I imagine you probably just felt really comfortable. You probably didn't have any fear in your own body in terms of when you were pregnant and, and moving towards giving birth. You know, from my experience, I had so much fear and terror that I needed to work with and did so much healing. And I got to a point of deep, deep trust in my body and, you know, had uh, free births and to, to that extent I'd got to that trust in my body in the birthing process in my connection with myself and my baby but you know that was a massive long journey and I imagine really mm. for you that you just uh, you know how how was that for you just to go oh you know this is 
normal. And yeah, I can do this. And I've seen this yeah. a million times. And do you, do you want to share anything about that? Yeah, it was absolutely beautiful and a wonderful experience. And I think having all those positive imprints around birth was so, was so beneficial because I already had that deep trust in birth and in the process and in my body. Obviously, it was my first experience of feeling it for myself, so that was all very new. Interestingly, even though I'm a midwife, I chose not to have a midwife support me and that was a curious decision to me <laughs> because I'd I clearly value my profession and I feel like a midwife has such a beautiful role and can hold such a such a, a space that can be so powerful and so important however for me I didn't feel like I needed that in yeah, now I'm preparing for my third birth and I'm considering having a midwife after not having one for two two births. So, do, you, do you feel just, comfortable to share what, why you're thinking about? Yeah, so <clears throat> I think with my first, it was very much an exploration of what was possible and all of a lot of like deep inner work and also a lot of processing some of the some of the difficult birth experiences that I'd supported and letting go of some of that and moving through some of that and so by the time I did approach my first birth I didn't have any fear I was very excited and looking forward to it with my second pregnancy I went even further <laughs> where I felt like I didn't need any help or any support. I would do it entirely on my own. So I really didn't engage in any support at all. And following that, I felt like there was a lot more to kind of work through and recover from. And I had quite a challenging postpartum recovery. So this time I've been pondering like, there was I think there might have been some ego involved as in I I can do it all by myself like I can do it all by myself and this time I'm like I can but why do I want to <laughs> and I worked in the space of supporting and caring for people for many many years and now it's my turn to be supported and cared for and this is an opportunity where you can have that support in a way that you may never have it before. And so with both my my children, my postpartum experience was probably one of the most idyllic and beautiful experiences of my life because I was resting and I wasn't doing anything for anyone else apart from attending to my baby and everyone was giving to me. And it was one of the few times where I could wholeheartedly receive so it was where I actually gave myself a lot of permission to receive and so I think that was such a powerful experience for me after being somebody who was always giving and supporting and offering different things to be on the receiving end 
And I think this is a common thread with many midwives, many people working in this kind of space, many people working in healing modalities. So this time I'm ready to receive in pregnancy, labour and birth and postpartum. (laughs) Yay. (laughs) Oh, such a fascinating process, isn't it? I almost have a sense we could talk for five hours just about this. (laughs) Yeah. Couldn't mean like, you know, each birth and how it's, different and the listening into it what will help us feel safest and not not for you because I you know you already felt that but you know most supportive most able to to really trust our body to making those choices and each experience and we get if we have another opportunity to go okay well yeah that went mm. what do I really want this time and such an incredible opportunity I love hearing that about that the receiving and how, how it was for you afterwards and now like yeah willing to yeah. receive in, in all these ways and yeah beautiful yes yeah but back to the original question around like preparing <laughs> for my first birth I really didn't have any fear I was very curious about what it was going to feel like and how it would go and it, I think something that I've reflected on is attending all of these births where women were, where, where from the outside labour and birth looked enjoyable. So from my perspective as the midwife looking in and watching and witnessing women throughout their labour and birth and seeing, seeing women smile and, and birth their babies and the feelings or the intensity of pain not being something that was so challenging I expected that would be me (laughs) I expected that I would also smile and breathe my baby out because that was that was what I what I knew and so that was a very interesting interesting introduction into obviously my own experience is very very different from other people's and so my first birth was very quick and very intense and very challenging and I remember very early on that I was like oh I'm not going to be one of those calm and serene laboring women I was made a lot of noise and yeah found it really intense yeah so here you how, how quick was it um it was about four hours yeah. Yes. yeah yeah so, so isn't it the, the yeah. unexpected of what we you know even even I'm gonna say even you you know like the yeah what we might absolutely and and the differences even if it's not traumatic or the, the ways that which that the unexpected is it's so common isn't it in both even if it's still a, a powerful transformative experience for us but it can be also really different from what we expected yes absolutely and I think just not being prepared for what was to come in that sense. I guess I was I was prepared for what I knew of a first-time labour, that generally there was some kind of like signs that things were going to start and then you could go for a walk or have a bath or have some time to to start to think about what was happening. Whereas I, there was nothing and then all of a sudden contraction started and then an hour later I could feel ahead and then I felt like I needed to try to slow things down and kind of get my catch up with what was going on, on in my body. It very much felt like holding on 
like I was on a roller coaster and I had to hold up. <laughs> yeah. I so, I yeah. Those fast ones are really interesting, aren't they? Like, my birth with Lana was about 86 hours and with Sunny it was an hour and a half. So I really had that yeah. experience from one extreme to the other. Like, yeah, yeah. how the, the, the fast ones are interesting i imagine you've probably seen lots of fast ones as well yes as a midwife yeah yes intense definitely (laughs) and yeah your experience like supporting people who have had a a very longer labor and then yeah a very quick labor i think that can be incredibly challenging to get your head around like how you know it can just be so 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 different yes yeah, although I really understand what happened for him. You know, my first one was posterior and Sunny was also posterior, but I knew about the lifting technique. And so I used that and that usually makes things pretty quick, I understand. So, yeah. Yeah. Wow. So you had this this beautiful four-hour birth and you came out the other side. And yeah, do you want to share anything about how it was? I think that's, that's so important. Again, in terms of aware parenting, like to be hold in mind and with deep compassion I love how you brought in and I'm sorry I didn't do that it was you know so much compassion for how it can be and I had a conversation with Kirsty recently where we were talking about that as well like what a huge thing it is to come to parenthood to to be really recovering from a stressful traumatic birth and the contrast of coming into motherhood actually feeling really you know I just felt so powerful like oh my god I can do anything yeah I mean in that way where our bodies are are feeling fairly well and it's still a huge thing physiologically but not the added stress and trauma and actually having been a positive experience in our experience do you want to share anything about that from from your experience but also from what you've witnessed like yeah what a difference it makes having a birth and coming into parenting like that yeah absolutely I feel like it's every woman's right to have a powerful transformative beautiful birth experience and start their motherhood journey feeling in their power and I also see how fathers and partners and support people can they experience that too and when when a couple go through this birth experience where they feel really in control and that they have choices and that it it doesn't always have to go the way that you want it but if you felt like you had control and you were making choices about what was happening that can be really powerful in itself just being able to emerge from the birth experience feeling really unified with your partner and that the two of you can do anything together and look what you've just done together. It's kind of like you've climbed Mount Everest. And I felt exactly the same way that you described, like I can do anything. I can do anything. And something I hear so many women say is like, that is their proudest achievement is birthing their babies. And no one can ever take that away. Like no one can ever take that from you. And it makes me feel really emotional just thinking about it. Because I feel, yeah, yeah. we got it. They've got tears. They've got tingles. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I feel like in those moments when you're doubting yourself, or when there's, I think you call it the shame or guilt sticks. Like just remembering, like, look what you did. 
you grew a human being inside your body and birthed it on your own terms in your own way like and that's something I think to always reflect back on and help to bring yourself back to how powerful you are and how incredible you are it's just such a such a amazing feat it's a feat it is a feat almost Mount Everest is like yeah yeah Mount Everest. <laughs> yeah yeah exactly yeah. I mean it's birth like constantly in, brings people to this edge uh, or to this limit and then says and you need to go a bit further and we need to be, we you know we need more of you which I think is also like parenting. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. You get to your limit or you get to your <laughs> edge and then you need to go further. And so it can be so challenging in those early weeks and months and years of parenthood when you've started your parent parenting journey from a place of feeling that your birth experience didn't go the way you want. There can be lots of feelings of grief and loss. There can be a lot of anger and frustration at how things happened or at care providers or at how you were supported in the space. Um, There can also be conflict within the relationship because women didn't get what they needed or what they wanted. So that can just be such a tricky place to start on top of all that a new baby needs from you and learning how to feed and learning how to care for a baby, it can just be so hard. And I think what I've witnessed when families start their parenting journey or if it's growing their family and they're starting in a place of feeling really grounded, really good, really confident, as they continue that journey, it can just ease so much of those early challenges. And there's obviously the baby responds so much to that, that calmness and that like the confidence. And I think for many women, there's a lot of learnings about their own body and their own capacity and their own capabilities. Like when I said, like, look what you, look what you can do. (laughs) And so that can just be like, wow, like so much love and acknowledgement and respect for your body like wow look at my body look what it look what it's capable of like oh my goodness it's incredible isn't it do you know as Mm. you're speaking I'm really remembering as if it was yesterday Lana after she was born so she's 21 well she's moving towards 22 now and I can still feel in my body and remember as if it was yesterday just my body and how it was and just you know my lovely big belly still after giving birth and then these amazing boobs you know I've always had quite small (laughs) boobs and then and all this incredible massive amounts of milk and again I'm sending love to anyone who's had a different experience but again this just kind of wonderment of like oh my god and just these days and days and days of just sitting in the sunshine we'd set up this beautiful space in, in my in our bedroom and actually a lot of sarongs from Bali, these bright pink and just these lovely flowers Mm. that we've been given and people bringing these food platters with the all bright colored. I mean, I remember as if it really was just happening now and just, yeah, yeah, I love what you said about this is every woman's birthright. And I would love for, I so know all the work that you're doing to support more and more women to have this experience, because I know for me, 
know, with any parenting, but particularly with aware parenting as well, if we're going to be really attuned to our babies and, and listening to them and holding them lots and listening to their feelings, having that sense of like, oh my God, my body's amazing. I'm amazing. We can do anything as a couple if we're in a partnership. That just makes every difference in the world, doesn't it? To, to actually the whole trajectory of the whole family system. Absolutely. And I think that capacity, like your capacity is almost expanded rather than reduced. And when it comes to caring for your baby or learning about your baby or tuning into your baby, you're so much better positioned to do that when you've come out going, wow, look at me, look at everything I can do. I'm incredible. (laughs) I can take on the world. I can climb Mount Everest. Ten times. Ten times easy. With my eyes closed. Yeah. And I didn't even remember like the frequent wake up at night or anything. I mean, I remember that, but that wasn't a hardship, you know, I think as well in terms of that natural physiological process when we've been supported to go through that birth in that way. Of course, our bodies are so wise and support us in all kinds of ways to, of course, be able to do all of that stuff. So all of that stuff, that sounds not very respectful. All of those amazing things. It just works, doesn't it? And when things go awry, and particularly in the DDC, or the ways that very painful cycle of interventions that often happen in hospital births, and how often that puts the whole systems kind of are off kilter, aren't they? And everything else becomes harder. And I think it's so important for mothers and families to know that there's nothing wrong with them and they're not doing anything wrong if everything is a bit off because that initial start was so hard or it didn't get to go the way it really is to go definitely yeah and I've witnessed that so much that just a lot of those common challenges that people experience in those early weeks and months aren't as evident when people have had an empowering or positive birth experience so things like breastfeeding challenges breastfeeding generally goes well when births unfolded in a physiological way and when women are emerging from the birth experience feeling whole and intact and confident and powerful and a lot of the early perinatal mental health conditions that people experience like again you're coming out of this this experience that has the potential to be transformative in a positive way but it can also be really challenging and there can be so much to reconcile from that experience and so some of the common things that people experience like intrusive thoughts or some anxiety and things like that that can just be exacerbated so much given what's happened in the birth experience and so what I've witnessed is when people do have an experience that they feel like they own, like that was my birth experience. Like I birthed on my own terms. I did it in my own way. I did it how I wanted to do it. It just has such incredible flow on effects for many, many areas of parenting and life and often their relationship to self, their relationship to their mother, to their friends. It can be such an incredible identity shift for many people to really like claim that and and feel really powerful within themselves. It's really the ultimate rite of passage, isn't it? Really, that is for, for women and in our culture where really there isn't often actually any rites of passage. It's really after 
menarche is often that main one that we go through and I don't know about you, but I, I really see the effects of that often with parents is because women have experienced that even in a culture that doesn't have all many of the other rituals and rites of passage, even though nowadays often people do set that up for themselves and have uh, blessing ways and so on. But yeah, you know, how different that often is compared to dads who really move into that parenthood phase often without anything any sense of a shift in identity and I think that's often where so much challenge comes in and conflict in couples because for, for a man there isn't this mammoth fundamental incredible shift and also want to include of course adoptive parents as well you know I think it's so important that as a culture we would find ways to to support men, adoptive couples, if there's two mums in a partnership mm-hmm. to, to have some kind of sense of they have also been through something transformative. They are, they are also a different person. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. And I think like we, we're talking about how birth is a transformative experience, but you don't have to birth the baby to have a transformative experience. You can be alongside the person birthing the baby or you can receive a baby as an adoptive parent or there's many different ways it's still transformative and it still needs to be acknowledged as that and I think that's something that I've found extremely challenging throughout my midwifery is birth birth or receiving a baby not being acknowledged as a transformative event because if we don't acknowledge it then it takes away the opportunities that it can gift people And so working with people who are kind of like, I'm a go with the flow person, I'll just see what happens, I'll see how things go, which is obviously a choice and that's a personal journey. However, there's many big events that happen in life that we don't go with the flow. (laughs) We make sure we prepare ourselves or we gather information uh, and I think there is a responsibility on our part to be able to be be looking at birth as this potential to transform and what can we do to prepare ourselves to give ourselves all those opportunities and enjoy all those benefits yeah I so agree and I'd love to invite you to talk more about that preparation process and I know for me that was one of the the most mammoth things and because I was so terrified I mean that was the gift for me of because of my own birth experience I was so terrified at the idea of giving birth and it meant that I did so much preparation and uh, I've shared before and here I think that I had a a midwife friend come and visit me when I was about 38 weeks and she said you've never seen anybody prepare more for for birth because I was just like every every there's no stone unturned so I know for me that I'm so incredibly grateful for that and it was amazing experience so I'd love to hear, do you want to share about that in terms of what you support couples and, and parents to be to really prepare so that it's more likely that they are going to have this kind of powerful, transformative, life-changing experience so they do start off their parenting journey or continue their parenting journey mm. in these beautiful ways? Well, it's changed a lot over the years, as you would imagine, yeah. as particularly after having my own children. Yes. Initially, I used to prepare by talking about birth physiology and stages of labour and things like that. And now you probably won't hear me talk about that (laughs) at all. (laughs) (laughs) So we talk a lot about 
your relationship with your partner, how you feel supported, what what helps you to feel safe, how you advocate for yourself, what your relationship is like with your body, how you connect with your baby. Do you talk to your baby? Do you talk to your womb before you invite a baby into your womb? Like how do you feel in your body? Because a, a theme that's been coming up a lot for me lately is supporting a lot of women who haven't had great birth experiences and there's a lot of grief and loss around I did everything I could I did everything I could to prepare I did all the courses I read all the books I listened to all the podcasts and it can feel so hard when you do feel like you've you did everything that they told you to do you know you've you've gathered all the information and all of that I did exercise I went to pregnancy yoga I ate well and then all of these things happened that I didn't want to happen and so we've been talking with a lot of these people about how my perspective is that you have these 10 months of pregnancy to prepare yourself for birth and you can learn a lot about birth. However, there's a lot m- more deeper things at play than understanding birth physiology or, you know, knowing the brain acronym and how to ask questions and things like that. When you arrive at your birth experience and you you feel like it's difficult to voice your needs or say what you want or you don't want to rock the boat or you just want to go along with what they say or things like that. That's a lifetime of <laughs> conditioning that is takes a lot more, can take a lot more time than a single pregnancy to dive into and undo. And so, so many of those things are going to hold a lot more weight and a lot more power than understanding stages of labor or things like that. So I feel like it's really that deep inner work of like how do I prioritize myself? Can can I see myself and my baby as the most important part of this process? And I've worked with so many women who talk about how they didn't want to change care provider because that would have been inconvenient for their doctor or midwife or but they there was something that just didn't sit right, but they didn't want to they didn't want to say what they needed because they felt like it was too difficult to do that. And then in in hindsight, thinking like that was a big piece for them. So I guess my focus is really on preparing people in terms of their relationship with themselves and their relationships with their partner and really kind of like recognising their own power and how they can communicate that and how they can figure out what they need because everyone's different and everyone needs different things and we can't say that this way of this birth is better for you and this birth you know but it's like creating the space in order to get clear on what you need and what feels right to you and supporting people to trust their intuition because for me that's the biggest tool in probably life but pregnancy birth parenting feeding like knowing what's right for you because it's not going to be what's right for somebody else yeah absolutely I feel so touched hearing that and 
To me, it really fits with my Marin method work in terms of what most of us get trained to do in what I call the disconnected domination culture is to disconnect from our deep wisdom, from our, our body's wisdom, from our yeses and nos, from actually saying, no, I don't feel comfortable with this, or no, actually, I don't want to do that, or no, I don't want to lie down, or no, actually, my body's telling me to do this, even though you're telling me to do that, you know, all of those things. It's so, it's a huge journey, isn't it? As you say, it's often, you know, a long journey that doesn't just take the, the time of a pregnancy. And I know for me, actually, that was one of the reasons I chose to free birth because I knew back then, 22 years ago, I wasn't in the position where if I was with someone and they said, I think you need to do this now, X, Y, and Z's happening, that I knew that I wasn't yet connected enough with myself. That If my body was telling me something different that I could say, you know, I hear you, but actually I'm going to do this. So I love what you say as well in terms of everyone being so different in terms of what will help support each woman and their partners as well to be most connected with with their wisdom and their true power to actually stand up for that and to birth from that place. Yeah, yeah. I think in my earlier years of midwifery, I felt like everyone, the best place for everyone to birth was at home. And then over the years, I, I don't feel that way anymore. <laughs> I <Yeah>. feel, <laughs> yeah. I feel like the best place to birth is where you feel safest. Yes. yes. <laughs> However, the most important part of that is that you can advocate for what you want and what you need yeah. so that you can really stand in your power and say no and be okay with that. And I've witnessed many women birth in the hospital who have said no to everything. Without needing much support from me, as in I haven't had yeah. to be the voice advocating. They're like, nope, 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 nope. And yeah. so to me, it's more about your inner work and your internal preparation on how you can connect to yourself, how you can feel into your body, how you can trust your body, you can trust your baby. And so if someone external is saying there is this concern about your baby, you can say, I don't have that concern. Yes. And I'm the one with the baby inside <laughs> yes. me. Yes. And I feel very confident that that baby's okay. And yeah. be able to not be so heavily influenced by someone else's fear. Yes. Which is very difficult. It's yes. very difficult yes. because, you know, we're so open and sensitive and vulnerable and yes. fear can be Fear can be really big. Yeah, and I contagious. Think. It's designed and to contagious. be contagious anyway. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I've witnessed women not not take it on and be able to Amazing. say, no, yeah. that's not that's not how I feel. Amazing. I love that. And, of course, yeah. this is so relevant to aware parenting as well, isn't it, in terms of how we're supporting our children to grow up because we're not saying be good and just do what you're told and shut up and, you know, say please and thank you and just basically all those ways in which in the DDC most of us got trained to do those things and have needed to decondition ourselves from we're supporting our children so that they are deeply connected with themselves so that they can mm. say no if something doesn't feel right for them so that they all the things about aiming to differentiate between their, their needs and listen to their feelings so that they actually feel connected and truly present in their bodies so that they when they come to these big experiences like birth they know no this is why I, I can trust myself I can trust my body and to me that's what where parenting is all about supporting children to stay deeply connected with that so they grow up 
able to do those things and they're not going to be coerced by anybody you know mm. if they really know something they're not yeah. going to do what they're told they're not going to do even if there's guilting and shaming and you should do this and it will be a no for them mm. and I feel like we can model that while we're pregnant with them <laughs> yes, <laughs> because oh they're listening yes. they're listening and they're aware <laughs> and so if we start that process by really tuning into our own needs and our own yeses and nos and then throughout the birth experience throughout the parenting journey it can just be such a powerful way of modeling voicing your own needs and standing in your power and choosing what's right for you from very early on big yes to that oh my god I feel really <laughs> energized and <laughs> excited at you talking about this <laughs> yeah and something I often share with people is that if they're still at a place where it feels too difficult to say what they need and to advocate for themselves, then just really thinking like, this is for my baby. I'm advocating for my baby. Like I'm saying no to this or I'm I'm changing care provider at 38 weeks or I'm going to make different choices or I'm going to stay at home and birth my baby by myself or whatever feels right. If, it, if there's some good girl complexes or some people pleasing or things are popping up and that feels too hard for you to say, this is for me, I'm doing it for me, it's two of you. So sometimes that can ease it a little bit when you're like, okay, I'm making this choice because I know it's best for my baby. Yeah. That's so beautiful, isn't it? And I, I had that sense and I know we've had this kind of conversation before is that when we're pregnant as well, it, it's like babies are not supporting us we kind of get extra from them don't we and I know when I was pregnant with both of my children that they were communicating and supporting me to become more and to be able to do things that there's no way I would have been able to do if mm -hmm. I wasn't pregnant with them so I think that's mm -hmm. helpful to know too and not mm -hmm. in a way that's kind of in any way unhealthy but just it's a dyad where we're a system together and you know to really to draw on that to be part of that flow between the two of us it definitely cre created a lot more ease for me to say no to things. Yay. <laughs> it was, it was, I was very much a yes, yes, I'll, yes, I can do that. Yes, I can help you. Yes, I can, you know, do all these things for other people. And then yeah. almost as soon as I was pregnant, I was like, nope, nope, nope. <laughs> and that's continued with, with my parenting. It's been wonderful. It's like I, it was such a great way of giving myself permission. And then obviously, the children brought that in, but I've done a lot more learning for myself on setting boundaries and listening to yeses and nos. It was definitely my first son that introduced uh -huh. me or really brought it in. And I was like, yes, yeah. okay, I'm saying no, no, Yay. no. <laughs> Such a beautiful gift of his, hey, amazing. And the gift that kind of keeps giving, doesn't it? Because then all the ways that he then benefits from mm. that and then just again, this beautiful, I keep I was thinking of it as like the infinity symbol. It's just mm. like these ways in which when we grow and transform and then that really has an effect on our child and then that, that affects us and then it just becomes this beautiful cycle of ever more transformation and healing, becoming. <laughs> mm. <sighs> 
Oh, I love talking with you, Carly. <laughs> I'm glad we've got a couple more that we're going to be talking on. <laughs> I'd actually love to share a little bit. And I talked about it in uh, an earlier podcast episode about watching. I watched this birth video when I was preparing the, the birth as we know it one. And there was a particular scene where this woman was having this amazing, <laughs> she was giving birth in this glass tank and she had two of her two children there and she was literally breathing the baby's head out and she's just smiling and her children are watching and she's just going yes yes and I and I literally watched that hundreds and hundreds of times over and over again back in the day on a VHS video <laughs> and I did so much reading I just found everything I could on that nascent internet back then there wasn't much about ecstatic birth and orgasmic birth and free birth and you know all the things I possibly could and really I think you know, if we go back to what we were talking about at the beginning in terms of the, the culture, that we don't have this culture. Most of us are not around birth mm. all the time. We don't often get to see really powerful, transformative births. We don't get to see women and partners and the whole family coming out the other side with this joy mm. that, that, as you were saying before, finding ways to make that come about, e even in the culture that we're in, just makes all the difference, doesn't it, in terms of really rewiring what's possible. Yes. And I think that's such a great image of you watching that birth <laughs> video over and over and over and over again. And that's something I actually share in my birth prep is focusing on what you want and what you're willing for, which ties into your willingness <laughs> <Yeah>. work. <laughs> so often people are like, you know, I don't want to have a cesarean or I don't want to have a, a forceps or I don't want this, I don't want to birth in a hospital or whatever the, the, what you're not willing for. And often I feel like those things are more likely to happen because the attention and focus is given to that. And so I often talk about what is it that you want? What is it that you're willing for? What kind of birth experience are you inviting in? And actually creating a mental movie, which when I was pregnant with Loka, one of my beautiful mentors, Carolyn, shared with me this idea of creating a movie and how you want to give birth. Where are you? Who's there? How do you feel when you meet your baby? How do you feel when you first see your baby and lock eyes? what part are you in the bathroom are you in the birth pool are you in the shower are you on the floor where are you who's around you and then just playing it over and over and over and over and for people who don't find visualization that easy then you can write it out you can draw it you can collect different images you can watch videos and you're basically like imprinting those those ideas or that experience that you're willing for. And it's so powerful because it can really just relax your nervous system and, and also help you to understand that you can have that. Yes. You can, you can have that experience. Why can't you have that experience? Exactly. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> What's stopping you from having that? And so just really like normalizing all of that imagery and yet helping it to make sense in your body and helping your body to go oh yeah that's what I'm gonna do that's yes. how that's how we're gonna yes. meet this baby together yeah um, 
Yeah. I love that. Yeah, I did that too in terms of the lots and lots of visualizing. And I've done that with mentees as well. I've done willingness practices around birth and really getting clear and really connecting in with that willingness and supporting people. And many people have gone on to have really gorgeous experiences as well as willingness practices in relation to wanting to get pregnant as well. I mean, we yeah. are so powerful. And I think that's what I'm really coming away with from our conversation is really, it is a way, isn't it, where we get invited to deeply connect with how powerful we are whether we're the birthing woman or wherever we are in that system that we are incredibly powerful and the more we can free ourselves from our ddc conditioning that wants us to believe that we're not <laughs> the, the more wonderful the experience can be even if it doesn't go to plan at all absolutely and the more that we feel connected to our bodies the more that we can listen to the messages that our bodies are giving us and i think sometimes that can be a reason why people do feel like they can hand over responsibility to other people because they don't have that trust or that connection with their bodies. And so if somebody says, this is what's happening and they're like, oh, is it? Okay, you're the professional, you must know, rather than like, okay, that's what you're seeing from the outside, but this is what I'm feeling from the inside. Yeah. And it's something I've always found interesting. Like we listen to a baby's heart rate in labour and it's like, why? <laughs> because a woman can tell you her baby's moving and that's giving us much more information than a listening for, you know, a minute in labour. Yeah. And the woman has the authority. She has her, that power. She has that body wisdom she's yes. the one connecting and communicating with her baby yeah we're we're just witnessing it yeah so I've always found it funny that like funny is probably not the right word interesting <laughs> or curious that we, that we we look outside for yeah. that validation or that reassurance like oh is my baby okay yeah. And I always feel like, I don't know, you know if your yeah, baby's okay. Absolutely. I can give you a clinical picture, but I, yeah. I don't trust the clinical picture. I trust your yes. inner knowing yes. and your relationship with your baby more than yes. anything. Yes, absolutely. And again, that's that's the core to this connected domination culture, isn't it? Like if, if every woman was in grew up in a culture well if our culture was just like of course you know birthing woman knows and and is deeply connected and knows what's going on for her baby and knows if something is awry maybe some extra help is needed and we all knew that and trusted that the culture would be completely different when I know yeah. that was from my experience with that 86 hour posterior birth I knew that she was completely fine and relaxed yeah. and she was she was completely fine yeah yeah and that's something that I've had quite a few conversations lately with people that brings up a lot of feelings because they knew that their baby was fine. Yeah. However, there wasn't there wasn't that like ability or capacity to, to communicate that and say actually I don't agree to your recommendations or to the things that you're suggesting I do. Yeah. And so even people who do have that really great communication with their baby and are very in tune with their bodies sometimes there can still be that barrier of advocating for yourself and saying saying no. And I think the people-pleasing or saying yes or going along with things, it can be really derailing for someone's experience. And I guess that's a big thing I think we need to look at in pregnancy or prior to pregnancy ideally is, yeah. Yeah. 
how do we connect with ourselves? How do we advocate for ourselves? How confident are we voicing our needs, communicating what we want and what we need and saying no and listening to our no's? Yeah. Yes. Yes. One of my biggest passions, as you know, <laughs> supporting yeah. people to really deeply connect with mm-hmm. in the Marion Method work. And mm-hmm. And also having an inner loving midwife to be constantly saying, you know, I love what you said. Like, can you imagine if everyone just heard that over and over again internally? I trust that you know what's going on with your body and your baby. Uh, you know, I'm here to support you. I can give you a clinical p- picture, but I really trust that you're the one that knows. Imagine if women just had that all the time in the ethers, constantly <laughs> permeating their, their day. <laughs> Amazing. Yes. I think it would be amazing if they trust that. Yeah, but you know what? I, I often think it needs to be external first and then it becomes that like, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I trust what you're saying. But yes. yeah, I totally agree with you. Yeah, that it becomes an internal thing that all women know that, which they would do in terms of what we're talking about with aware parenting and growing up this way. Like they'll just yes. know, they'll know it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it would just be in their DNA. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yay, wouldn't it be a great world? Let's chat again in 20 years. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, anything else that you haven't said that you would love to say? I think I've said most of the things I want to say. I guess I just want to come back to everybody deserves to have a beautiful birthing experience. Everyone deserves that. And I want... I'm willing for everybody to have that. I'm very willing for everybody to have that. I want everyone to have that. Yeah, I'm really willing for that too. And I guess before that, I want everyone to acknowledge how transformative birth can be so that as they are preparing for birth, they're preparing for something that can really, that's a pivotal event in their life that can shift things that maybe that can take them to places they didn't even know were there. And something that I experienced with both my births was, like I said, going to the edge and then getting pushed, going somewhere even further and even deeper and then getting to a place where there's nowhere to go apart from through or in or deeper and having this experience where I felt like I was, oscillating between feeling like I was such a huge part of everything and I was breathing with the universe to feeling as insignificant as a grain of sand on a beach it was that real juxtaposition of this is like the most transformative incredible experience and you feel so powerful and so big but at the same time it's just a everyday ordinary experience that you're sharing with many 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 people around the world and it's I find that so interesting and so incredible it's so incredible isn't it I'm remembering uh, when I was birthing Lan, I was really in an altered state which was you know one of the gifts of a long 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 birth and I, I was seeing the green man in the tree which is you know really an archetypal energy and just I love what you said there about the being in that birth and like going going further and going beyond and you know really being called it's like the necessity isn't in it and I think of that in terms of that is the ultimate 
element of a rite of passage, isn't it? It's, it's almost like we have to, but not in a have to DDC way, but we have to go to places in ourselves that we perhaps would avoid or we would never discover. And absolutely incredible, isn't it? It's an incredible yeah. opportunity. Yeah, it invites you to sit with the unknown. And often we are much more interested in <laughs> control and certainty and predictability. And it doesn't matter how you birth your baby, you'll be going to places you don't know. And so it's kind of like it takes you to that unknown place and then says, okay, we need to go to some more unknown places. <laughs> just a bit further, a bit yeah. more over that way. <laughs> yes. um, yeah. And that I, I love what you said earlier on as well about, you know, any ways through. It's like the ultimate thing, isn't it? And I think, as you said, similar with parenting. Like, I mean, of course, we can leave our child, but there's not many people that are going to do that. So you know, on those really challenging days, that's when our mm. baby's crying a lot or toddler's having a big tantrum or we're just exhausted. But the, the ways in which we become as parents, don't we? we we become in ways that we may have avoided and it's such an incredible journey, such an honour to experience, isn't it? Yes, yeah. I remember hearing myself making noises and I was like, who is that? <laughs> who, yeah. I've never made this kind of noise before. <laughs> and it was because there were parts of me that were emerging that had never emerged before. Yeah. And I've I've felt that many times along my parenting journey. I'm like, oh, wow, okay, all right. Who are you? Yeah. <laughs> this is happening. Yeah. yeah. And I think for women, it really is that journey, isn't it? The, the birthing and the, those early parenting years it is that journey from, from maiden to, to moving to the Margaret and then the, the wise woman. It's yeah, such a powerful opportunity. If we, I love how you said that, if we see it as a, potential for transformation rather than kind of fighting mm. but we actually embrace it and go yep I'm all in for this journey mm. <laughs> I'm going to come out a completely different person in, in some ways yeah yeah it's the ultimate surrender and I think we have so much fear about like letting go of people of the versions of ourselves that we previously were and I always find it interesting when people would say oh you know, I, I'm, I don't think our life will change that much when we have a baby. I'm like, okay, <laughs> well, let's talk later. So just that openness and curiosity and surrender to these new parts of yourself, yourself that is that are going to emerge and that's okay, you know. It's okay to let go of different parts and it's okay to welcome in new parts and what an amazing, wonderful, wild journey it is. Yes. Amazing, wonderful, wild journey is. I, I, <laughs> yes. Ah, <laughs> oh, so I would love for people to to know again what you're up to, what you're doing, and where they can find you. Would you be willing to share that info? So, yes, at the moment I'm working mostly online. So, if you would like to have a session with me to talk about birth or lactation or parenting my website is seedpodfamilies.com and I also have an Instagram account which is seedpod seed underscore pod underscore love it it's such a beautiful name I love it so so 
apt. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you so much for being on. I've so enjoyed this. And yeah, as I say, you're coming on in the next series, I think, if you're still willing, and the one after that. So I look forward to, to more conversations with you. And thank you so much, Carly. I really appreciate not only what you do here, but you know, what you bring to the world and all the families that you support. And uh, thank you so much. Thank you, Marion. It's so lovely to hear that. And I love it. And I'm so passionate about it. It's such a beautiful space to work in I feel like it's such a privilege to work in this space so thanks very much it's great chatting with you yeah yum and the listeners I'm sending you so much love we're both sending you so much love and as we said at the beginning if you need any support please reach out whether that's to your listening partner or to Carly or to whoever you feel called to reach out to it please get support and sending you so much love